Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Southminster Presbyterian Church's Advent Devotional Podcast. We have been through Advent, we have been through Christmas, and are on the last leg to Epiphany. It's good to be here. I am uh, Associate Pastor Steve Shum here at Southminster, and here with me is Josh. Josh, good to have you here. Hey, Steve. Josh Sweeney, Director of Children and Youth Ministries, and Happy New Year to our listeners. And we are so happy today to have one of our college students, Chris Alabuede, um, with us. And um, he is going to be reading Mark and Tony Heggie's uh, reflection. And so it's kind of what we've done earlier where just schedules didn't work out uh, for some folks. Uh, And so we went and asked some people around the church. And so Chris was here, uh, home for holiday. And so we... um, just ask him to be a part of it, and and we'll reflect and talk about it a little bit more. But before we get into that, Chris, if you don't mind sharing us a little bit yeah. about yourself, where you are, kind of where where you grew up, where you went to high school, where you are currently, anything you'd like to share, um, we'd love to hear it. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Alawada, as Josh, and Josh just said. I'm a first-year college student at the University of Cincinnati. I just graduated from Miamisburg High School. Uh, I'm doing, I'm studying medical sciences there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah, Miamisburg High School graduate last year. Played soccer. Did you play soccer all four years? Yeah, all four years. Awesome. And um, just yeah, one of our stellar students that we've that we've had around. You've probably seen Chris, and uh, he's got two brothers and his mom that's been um, around uh, here at the church. And so we're just so excited for to have Chris here. And so Chris, if you could start um, by reading the passage from Hebrews, and then just going right into uh, Mark and Tony's reflection. All right. This first passage comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Now faith, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So Mark and Tony's reflection, they said, And Mary gave birth to her first son, wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in an inn. Imagine walking into a hotel with no reservation and being told they have no room. This happened to us several years ago on a trip to Florida. When we finally found a room at the fourth hotel, we were thankful for anything. Now imagine Mary with a child due at any time, riding a donkey around around from Nazareth to Bethlehem, only to be told, we have no room, but we have a stable. But, But Mary was probably thankful for any place to give birth. She knew she was carrying our Savior, Jesus Christ. He was in her heart. We may not be a Mary, but focusing on Jesus will bring us closer to him. If you keep what would, what would Jesus do in your mind daily, you will find room in your heart for Jesus all year long. Yeah. Thank you for reading that, um, Chris. And yeah, I think as we were talking, uh, you know, kind of the idea of Jesus and no room in the inn. Yeah. And what that looks like for our hearts. And and so we kind of started talking a little bit about, you know, kind of, you know, where does Jesus fit in, you know, kind of to your heart. And so for me, it always kind of goes back to the beginning yeah. and, you know, when I accepted uh, Jesus. And I, I think that that's what's so interesting about today's youth and, you know, kind of, um, you know, the generation that I grew up in, because we didn't really accept Jesus while we were at the church. You know, we were yeah. always away at a conference or at a retreat. And so what I was telling y'all beforehand is I think I accepted Jesus like six or seven times <laughs> in my heart. But, you know, because someone would call, you know, some people would call it an altar call or 
um, something like that. And so I was like, yeah, like I've sinned between this last event and here. So, you know, there's no way that Jesus can love me. And so, you know, so I would go down every single time. But I think, you know, that's where if we want to do a longer study of, you know, kind of where generations have, uh, why generations have left the church and, and why so many people search outside, I think it's because we're not getting um, students and, you know, kind of people in their, you know, 40s and younger aren't getting that experience that they had um, kind of away I have retreats and at conferences and for Presbyterians, one of the big ones and that we go to, you know, pretty much every year is Montreat. Yeah. And so Chris, you've done that a few times now going to Montreat. Um, what about that? You know, kind of where does that centering come into? Do you feel a little bit closer to God as you kind of get into those kind of spaces? Anything you want to talk about within that? Yeah, I've been to Montreat like three times. My first time was like, was freshman year mm-hmm. going into freshman year. Then the last time was leaving senior year. So it was kind yeah. of like, poetic in a way like right. I start start my high school career there and end my high school career there and me personally it's just been like as you've said like youth conferences is just a way place to accept God and I've always found myself like just opening my heart and allowing room for him yeah. because like a lot of times Montreat there it's beautiful mm-hmm. mountains are gorgeous and every year we go there we walk up the mountain what's the mountain called uh, lookout mountain lookout mountain yes it's just like it's a lot to take in just taking in like the beauty that God's created. Yeah. And I feel like it's just a way for me to open my heart up, open my heart up to him and realize like, like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's amazing what he can do. If you allow, allow him to like be in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and, and what I love about, you know, kind of the setup of Montreat is you have that small group time together and, you know, just students are able, they're, they're picking up a lot more yeah. than, you know, kind of what I think we allow to happen in, in our church because, you know, we see, you know, I, I think of the church that I grew up in, like I was the, you know, eight-year-old that smashed TVs, you know, like that, you know, I would push the TV on a cart and it fell over and, you know, I was the kid that, you know, uh, accidentally poured candle wax on the ground. And so, you know, you kind of, you get put in a box, I think, by the church, you know, when you're young and it's so hard you know, to get out of that church. And, you know, that's why you don't see kids that, um, you know, are pastors or working in churches now go back home, you know, to work at that church because they're going to see you as, you know, the, the little kid. And so at Montreat, you're able to like finally get into conversations that you've wanted to have, kind of be able to to lean into that a little bit more. And also the, the preaching and sermons and all that are, is directed exactly at what you're going through and at your time and place. And so you're able to kind of gather around. Um, I think so many people think it's the, the games and the excitement, but a lot of it is in those, you know, kind of small holy moments, you know, where you're sitting at the top of a mountain, you know, kind of doing a prayer. You're, you're able to, you know, I think we did one of our devotions there at the top of lookout mountain, Um, you know, and so you're, you're not sitting in a pew staring, you know, straight ahead. You're, you're in the elements, which is, such a beautiful way to kind of experience worship and, and allowing Christ to wiggle that way into a little bit deeper. I think one of the things, uh, so Josh, you asked about uh, no room in the inn right. kind of moments and you shared, uh, it made me think uh, um, uh, a similar experience um, in college. I was doing a, a, a Euro rail uh, trip with friends uh, in, in Europe, in France. Uh, and late at night we pulled into a, a train station 
uh, in Nice, and we're supposed to get the next train. I think we were going down to Barcelona, Spain. Mm. And we weren't sure, oh, is that the right train? There was some language uh, barrier. We, mm-hmm. we all were French students and so supposedly knew some of the language, but not enough that we were confident to just hop on the train that was at that moment pulling out of the station. Right. We watched it go. We thought, okay, we can get the next train. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the last train of the day going out oh, of the no. station. We were oh, stuck no. there till six o'clock in the morning and there was no room at the end. I think we decided just to sleep. I think we slept in a, in a, a parking garage okay. as much as we slept. I mean, we didn't sleep sure. a whole lot, but here's where I'm going to bring it back now to Chris, what you were talking about with, with Montreat. I remember that night, not as a, a horrible inconvenience, but as kind of this, this special magical evening. I was mm. with friends. Uh, there were five or six of us. I think we called ourselves Les Mecs. The guys in French. <laughs> we were the guys going around uh, around Europe. And we we sat looking over the Mediterranean and watched the sunrise oh, because awesome. we were just stuck there. And there's something about being out of your ordinary. And I think this is what happens at yeah. Montreat, right? Because you're yeah. all, you're not in your routine lives. You're in a place of beauty, of natural beauty um, with folks. And there is... Something in the the surreal that makes us aware. We uh, talked about it last week on the podcast with Joanne Yost, who mm. shared a story about Christmas uh, about in a, in another part of the world, in another country, uh, when she was in Bali for a Christmas, and how uh, that was it was special because it was different. And I think there's something about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark and Tony talk about. Uh, you know, this idea of no room in the inn. I think sometimes our ordinary lives and, and the full routines, uh, the busyness of our lives, sometimes there is no room in our lives to uh, step back mm-hmm. and just uh, think about uh, life, think about uh, the story of, of Christmas and the reality of faith. And I think that's what happens at Montreal. What do you think? I think you just got about perfectly right okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the, yeah i think there's you know in in, in the intentionality of, of yeah. going like um you know there is some convenience with it you got to pay you got to you know kind of do these things and so i think that's where um some of this kind of comes into play as well of being able to walk away from the noise right like i think we talk about it with students a lot you know you're rarely on your phone while you're there, you're rarely, huh. um, you know, because again, it's, it's that intentional community is gathering together and that there's something, you know, just kind of more, I think that, 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 that you're told and, you know, this past year's theme was more than enough. And, you know, it's, it's something so simple that you believe, but then it's harder to kind of dig in and to kind of have that as like that true self, you know, kind of made in the image of God kind of piece that I think, um, that we miss and, and that it's refreshing to hear at those kind of spaces. So is there anything in, in closing about, you know, Montreat about, you know, kind of, you know, what you, what your plans are, what you have kind of going on in this grand scheme of things or any part of the reflection, either of you want to add? So Chris, you were home for, for Christmas, back to school here soon. Uh, are you looking forward to what your second semester down at UC? Yep. Second semester. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it, but I'm also just scared of the workload because well. <laughs> obviously it's college. Yeah. You can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> well, best, best of luck to you and your studies. Uh, thank you again for coming in and reading Mark and Tony's reflection. And thank you for everyone that's um, been listening. Uh, this has been a fantastic time of
coming to our conclusion um, as we get ready for the Epiphany Feast on Sunday. And I'm going to close with a, a, a poem as our prayer today. As we think about the new year and how sometimes we don't always make room uh, in our lives for our best intentions, uh, I'm going to read Ann Weems' uh, This Year Will Be Different. Uh, I feel like it connects well with what we've been talking about today. Who among us does not have dreams that this year will be different? Who among us does not intend to go peacefully, leisurely, carefully toward Bethlehem? For who among us likes to cope with the commercialism of Christmas, which lures us to tinsel not only the tree, but also our hearts? Who among us intends to get caught up in tearing around and wearing down? Who among us does not long for gifts that give love? Shopping in serenity, cards and presents sent off early, long evenings by the fireside with those we love, the trimming devoid of any arguing about who's going to hang what, where, the aroma of cinnamon and nutmeg mingling uh, with the pine scent of the tree and carols gently playing over our idyllic scenes, and the children, the children cheerfully talking about giving instead of getting. Who among us does not yearn for time for our hearts to ponder the word of God? Moments of kneeling and bursts of song, the peace of quiet calm for our spirit's journey. This year, we intend to follow the star instead of the crowd. But of course, we always do intend the best. And sometimes best intentions tend to get the best of us. This year, when we find ourselves off the path again, and we invariably will, let's not add yet another stress to our Advent days, that of trying to do Christmas correctly. Instead, let's approach the birth of our Lord with joyful abandon. And this year, let's do what Mary did and rejoice in God. Let's do what Joseph did and listen to our dreams. Let's do what the wise men did and go to worship. Let's do what the shepherds did and praise and glorify God for all we've seen and heard. As for the Advent frantic pace, we don't have time for that. We'll be too busy singing. This year will be different. So that's an Advent poem, but I think it still applies in this season of Epiphany as well. Chris, thanks so much for coming in and reading for us. And thanks to Tony and Mark for uh, writing our reflection today. It was a good one.